You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. We are joined now by EKU Athletic Director Matt Roan, uh, second time on the show. AD, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Vince. I appreciate you having me and uh, hope you've had a good summer and uh, excited for this year. Definitely. And I appreciate you coming on. We, we uh, messaged back and forth a little bit a couple weeks ago and uh, I've been trying to be uh, patient and careful with what I say about the softball stuff. And I wanted to give an opportunity to answer for you to answer some questions. I know there's some, there's some people who want me to come on here and, and hold you, hold you down to the grindstone. We're not going to do that today, but, uh, but I, I read the report and had a couple of questions. And then we also want to talk about other stuff going on. There's a lot of awesome stuff going on at DKU and uh, we'll spend most of our time on that. But I do want to ask a couple of questions, if you don't mind, just about the report that came out couple of things that I saw that just kind of perked my ears up a little bit and um, and give you an opportunity to maybe clarify some things for us uh, as well. And I know it's from the human resources department. Um, so do you mind explaining um, just kind of how that worked where, you know, obviously it makes sense of why human resources handled it, but how, how that process works in the grand scheme of things for EKU? Yeah, well, I'll tell you first. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing for me to hide. Um, you know, I, I stand by the decision, um, you know, as I said, kind of throughout the process and couldn't say much. Certainly it's a personnel issue. And, um, you know, we were going to live with the result. Uh, we were going to live with the recommendation. And uh, I, I appreciate your fairness, uh, your thoughtfulness, uh, kind of as we went through that process. Um, but to the point that I just made a moment ago, I mean, it's a personnel issue. And human resources is the unit on this campus that that addresses personnel issues. And certainly we do as supervisors. Um, but I have seen and, and, and you know, well-versed enough to know that when you try to keep things internal to athletics, when things like this happen, and obviously it was out there in Twitter, so it wasn't that I was going to keep anything private. Um, I'm not an investigator. Uh, my staff, we're not investigators. And we felt it was most appropriate, certainly talking with the president, talking with uh, our leadership team, uh, that it was most appropriate that human resources conduct a, a thorough a comprehensive, uh, equitable investigation. And uh, I think that's what we, we've lived with, and that's what the results prove. All right. So a couple of things that stood out to me, and I know this is from the Human Resources Department, so it's not necessarily your words that came out, but uh, I think they're, they're questions that you can answer at the very least. One of the things that they talked about in the report was, is they were viewing this not as a normal workspace environment, but in the environment of a Division One athletic program. Um, when I read that, w- one of the comments that I made was, is that, is that a sufficient standard versus being, and I, I know this is hard. There's kind of, it's kind of a lose, lose situation, <laughs> but, um, my thought, I guess is cause I'm a leader, I, I, I run an organization. And so my thoughts is always kind of like, well, do I want to be even above that standard or is that kind of where we sit? So is it fair to say, it's not a normal work environment. It is a division one athletic department. 
Is that the standard that we need to hold the program to? Or in the future, are we looking to hold the standard even higher than that? I, I don't know if it's a question of standard uh, as it is circumstance somewhat, you know, and having lived it several years ago myself, uh, you know, and I know that Division One college athletics, it's competitive. Yeah. Um, it's challenging. And I appreciate having been a student athlete myself. Um, I appreciate the demands on our student athletes. And I cer- certainly recognize the differences today than, than 15 and 20 years ago when I when I played and when I have the opportunity to to get in front of our teams, I always communicate that to them. There are buzzwords and there are topics that they are dealing with today that I just were foreign to us. Uh, and we, we didn't talk about those things. And, um, you know, look, coaching is, is pushing, sorry, I might have pop up, go up on my screen there. Uh, coaching is pushing. Um, it, it's loving and it's encouraging. Um, sometimes it's, it's blunt and it's matter of fact. And, and so what I think the report is referencing is that the cultural expectations inside of intercollegiate athletics program, are just different than what they would be inside of a classroom or inside an office uh, on our campus, um, which is, again, the classroom is the primary work of any campus. And so put another way, I think how coaches interact on a daily basis uh, with student athletes, certainly how coaches interact when they're working to develop and, and working to push and motivate and encourage and all those things is, is different than a faculty member teaching inside of a classroom environment. I think the report, again, just, didn't try to discount, but but just considered that and recognized that ecosystem. Uh, maybe that's the right word. is is just different. Um, have you guys or are you guys talking with the, the coaching staffs about that? Times have changed. Um, so so with that changes the personality of the kids that we're bringing in. Um, that kind of mentality of hey, let's make sure we're aware of the generation that we are coaching. Yeah, I think um, you know. COVID, um, the influence of social media, there's there's a lot of things. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's fair to say that the kids have changed. Uh, I think student athletes today are probably under more scrutiny uh, behind somebody tweeting about their performance or uh, tweeting about, you know, what they do inside the community on, on campus. And, um, you know, mental health is something that, that we've been working on and, and working towards, you know, solutions and, and being problem solvers in that space for you know, two and a half years. Um, and I think that's exemplified by the fact that we're bringing on before any of this happened, we had already received budget approval for a sports psychologist. Uh, you know, one more person kind of in that wheel uh, of influence that uh, our student athletes can lean on. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all 12 head coaches that I work with, um, that our sport administrators work with, uh, we are having conversations regularly um, to talk about, you know, you have to evolve. Um you know, the way that you coach the, uh, you know, I heard John Smoltz, I think on a broadcast the other day was saying in the early nineties when they were playing baseball and it was hot, they got a salt tablet. We can't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, you can't tell anybody just to put, uh, you know, spit on it and the, and the pain will go away. Uh, you certainly can't and nor should you, um, you know, tell somebody just to, to grin and bear it, kind of work through it. No, we, we are pride ourselves on being an athletics family. Uh, that's the type of culture that we want to create. And we just want our, our coaches and our student athletes to understand that we're in this thing together. Uh, one of the questions that came up too was uh, the accusations about the, uh, how she approached the players with their weight, um, wanting them to lose weight, stuff like that. I think if we're all thinking logically, we can understand a coach desiring for her athletes to be in, in the best shape possible. Um, do you know, uh, have you talked with, with coach Worthington about the communication of the expectations, especially physical, because the question that I heard a lot was, 
well, she recruited these players. She knew what they were before they got there. Um, so is that being communicated or how has that been communicated, the expectations, especially the physical expectations during that recruitment process? Yeah, I think the conversations about expectations um, and, and recruitment, they really revolve around the resources that, that either we have or, or we're promising that we're going to have uh, to be put into place for the student athlete to become, again, the best version of themselves academically, socially, and, and athletically or competitively. Uh, you know, in recruitment, again, Vince, you know that we're selling ourselves yeah. as why we're the best fit for that particular student athlete. Um, you know, when we talk about when you come and be uh, an EKU colonel um, and, and we're going to make you the best competitor that we possibly can, you know, part of that is the sports medicine piece. Part of that is the sports performance piece, which does include the nutrition. Uh, I think the core of what we do is we want our student athletes to know that we want them to be healthy individuals first, but also able to perform. Um, and I would say weight along with many other factors uh, are all things that are part of our responsibility to keep student athletes protected from injury and, and trying to perform at that peak level. Uh, I think that's why you see, as the report showed, uh, we have a collaborative approach with academic experts on campus. Uh, we're continuing to invest in that area with a dietitian, uh, more nutrition and, and counseling services, um, and, and not operating in a vacuum, but making sure that we're bringing people into that equation that, um, you know, can, can help our student athletes flourish. The one of the concerns I heard from from past athletes, I don't know if they ever contacted the university or not, but was the balance of the staff. Um, I actually talked with somebody inside the university about this, too, just in a conversation that we were having. But um, saying that basically Coach Worthington, and Coach Haley were kind of the same similar personalities and there wasn't enough balance in the staff to have that 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 coach someone on staff where the girls felt comfortable or safe, maybe. I don't mean that as in fear for their life safe, but just that safe conversation to be able to have, hey, here's some, here's what I'm going through. I don't want to lose playing time, but I'm having this issue. I'm afraid to talk to coach. Is there balance on that staff? And, and secondly, are we working to make sure there's balance on that staff? Yeah, I, I think balance is something that you always uh, want to have. Uh, you know, again, I think that's a fair question. I, I, I meet probably more times than I can count, count excuse me, with head coaches throughout the year uh, and their sport admins, and and I make suggestions. Uh, you know, I will tell you, I think that our coaches are, are the subject matter experts, and whether it's Coach Wells in football or Coach Hamilton in basketball or Coach Todd um, and Coach Worthington in softball, at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to make suggestions, um, you know, who we schedule, um, who's on our staff. Uh, but ultimately, it's 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 their program. Uh, it's it's their uh, staff that they're responsible for. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, who they hire, uh, how they develop that staff, the results that follow is, is the difference between continuing to serve as the head coach and perhaps not being the head coach here uh, of one of our teams. Uh, I do agree with you that I think it's important to have you know, varied experiences, um, you know, different points of view and, and so on and so forth. And I think you'll see shortly um, as we've kind of gotten through this process and, and, and started to look to fill a full-time coaching position that was uh, vacant just because of natural attrition and uh, a director of uh, uh, softball operations that we're going to hire, um, that we have made adjustments uh, in our staff, uh, how it's made up. Again, those experiences, those points of view, uh, the things that they bring to the table to make sure that that staff collectively 
um, you know, complements one another, uh, is there to meet the needs of our student athletes and give us the best chance to be successful. One of the things that came through the report, I think the university was clear on is there was areas and maybe it was your, I don't remember if it was your, your statement or if it was the HR, the report, but there was clear that there were things at the very least that coach Worthington could have done better or differently that would have been better from there. And I don't, I don't say this to be derogatory to coach Worthington, but the old phrase is you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, Coach Worthington has been around for a long time. She means a lot to the university. She started the program. I mean, she's the only softball coach the program has ever had. Can can she make those necessary changes um, to uh, in the areas that she needs to? Well, you know, I think uh, to your point when you when you cite the report, uh, I think what you're talking about there is, is sometimes the lack of communication, uh, ineffective communication, um, you know, just communication failures and. Um, Coach Worthington, when I have been present on on recent team Zooms, um, certainly, you know, student athletes are moving back this week. And so we're excited to have our returners and our incoming uh, student athletes here. Uh, but on the Zooms that I've, I've participated in as we kind of start to build this program back, um, she's expressed to the team that she must be better um, talking about culture, uh, explaining expectations, allowing the student athletes to have a specific example is allowing student athletes to have more buy in to the team rules. Uh, again, making it a player-led, player-first, player-friendly program. And uh, I think the easy answer is to say, I absolutely believe she can evolve and improve to meet the expectations, uh, which are lofty, which are high, uh, like I do every coach uh, that I've placed in front of her. Um, you know, I think at times it's unfair to suggest that a veteran coach can evolve as some of the best coaches in sport, whether collegiately or high school or professional. Um, those who have had sustained success you know, those are the coaches who always evolve. I am a huge Nick Saban fan, uh, and he is probably a different coach today than he was when he was at Toledo uh, in the early 1990s. Um, I don't think it's about being a rookie coach or a veteran coach. And frankly, I think we should all be striving to be better in our professions every single day. That's that's part of the beauty of what it is that we do. And so I think it's about the willingness uh, to try to become a, a more perfect version uh, of the coach. Um, I think that she has the heart. Uh, I think that she has the passion. And I've heard that and I've seen that firsthand recently. I think she has the commitment and I think she has the willingness to evolve. Um, you know, our president communicates it all the time. It's, it's a big part of our strategic plan that accountability uh, is a tenant of, of our institution. Uh, it's certainly going to be a tenant of our institution moving forward. Uh, we're certainly going to do our part to help. But uh, Coach is, is responsible for uh, her program. Uh, and, and we're going to see what what happens. Uh, two more things on this, and then we'll get on to, to more fun things. The um, One of the other things they put in the report was is there was never an official report filed from any of these players that, that had the accusations. My question to that was um, the system that is in place for reporting those issues, is it simple and is it well communicated to the players? Uh, I guess the, the simplicity, I, I would say yes, but I think that's probably um, – you know, better, better judged by those that we're communicating to, uh, in all fairness. Um, I will tell you that our student athlete handbook, um, which we do inform our student athletes, uh, that they are responsible for, uh, at the August all student athlete meeting, the January student athlete meeting, as we're bringing new kids, uh, new young women into the programs, uh, mid year, 
Um, and, and COVID has made that a challenge. I mean, a lot of what we're doing there is is just like we're doing right here. It's virtually, it's via Zoom. Um, but we share that information with them uh, and that details all of our reporting uh, resources that we, we provide our student athletes. Um, this is probably not a surprise, and, and I tell every single one of our teams when I when I go into this pitch is, you know, I'm never going to discuss, or neither is anybody on our staff going to discuss the, the topic of playing time. Um, that is the responsibility of our coaching staffs. And beyond that, I have uh, tried to set up our organization with sport administrators. Uh, sometimes you'll hear those called sport facilitators. Uh, their job is to, again, try to make the coaches uh, work as easy as possible. Um, but for any issue, issue that a student athlete is not comfortable talking about with their coach, it's recommended that they talk to their sport admin. Um, you know, that process kind of, you know, using some language from our handbook is that we try to resolve issues in the most equitable and the most efficient process and timeline that we possibly can. We don't want things to linger on. Uh, we do have an informal process and we have a formal process. Uh, the informal process, as you might imagine, it encourages communication between the parties um, you know, communication with a sport admin um, and really kind of evolves into almost a mediated session with myself or with a sport admin at the coach or uh, a student athlete can't agree or a student athlete and a student athlete, a coach and coach. It's not always the conflict between, you know, coach and student athlete. It's sometimes staff and staff. Um, and then beyond that, we do have a formal grievance process. Um, you know, that formal grievance process is, you know, notify me in writing, uh, outline the complaint, let me know who's involved. Uh, within five days of receiving that, uh, me or a designee will conduct a review. Um, we'll meet with the person, the grievant, um, you know, and the person about whom the complaint is being lodged. We'll meet with all the people. Uh, within five days of that, a meeting of everybody, you know, will come together. And when, it's funny how I keep saying within five days, within five days of that, I notify the grievant of, of what my ultimate decision is. Now, an appeal of that decision may occur, um, you know, on justifiable grounds, including, you know, hey, there's information or evidence that I wasn't able to share at the you know time of the initial uh, decision. Or uh, I think the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime, so to speak. Um those appeals go to the chair of uh, organization or I guess not an organization, a committee that we have on campus called the University Athletics Committee uh, that's made up of, of faculty and staff representatives. Uh, it's chaired by our faculty athletics rep uh, and his decision is final. Um, you know, beyond kind of that grievance process, uh, Vince, you know, results or r- reports of or allegations of, of any compliance violations. Uh, it's very clear that those things go to our compliance office and our city for compliance, which is Kirk Motes. Um, any alleged crimes will go through, you know, the proper authorities, whether it's campus police, uh, university police, obviously, or, or, or city of Richmond or sheriff's office. And then anything that's title nine uh, alleged, you know, goes through our office of institutional equity and our title nine coordinator. Um, but the thing that I want to be very, very clear about is, you know, as the report reflects over the entire course, and I think to reemphasize what you just said a moment ago, 30 plus years, um, the entire time that Coach Worthington has been leading the softball program, we only have record of one grievance that was handled immediately through our informal process. And that was this spring. Um, and, you know, that was spelled out there. And so there is no record of any informal or formal grievance on file um, from a parent or a student athlete's concern. Um, you know, we we try to the, the main thing that we try to communicate is if you see something, you have to say something. And that's not just an athletics thing. I think that's an entire university thing. Sure. 
last thing on this, and then we'll switch topics. But um, you know, I, I watched everything, I read everything, I listened to people, talked with people inside and outside the university, and I kind of came back to this whole idea of most everything that I saw was was basically maybe I wouldn't do it but it wasn't fireable. <laughs> um, then there were a couple things, the food situation, and they said there wasn't enough evidence or any evidence of, of the withholding meals and things like that. Um, that that to me was a big, big problem. And then I thought just the overall tenor of, because they had, you know, you had people that came forward from 20 years ago and some people say, well, why didn't they come forward earlier? You can't, in my opinion, you can't, you can't harp on that too much. But I also understand the situation the university's in and I can appreciate um, the loyalty to Coach Worthington, and I—you, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't say that that say it that way, but she's been there. She's done a lot for the program, and I know the you weren't going to attack her. You wanted to see the facts and, and follow the facts. My point is this: I think it 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 seems like it took a beating. The university took a beating on this, and maybe it didn't take as big a beating as it could have. And again, I talked with with recruits and recruits' parents and. Um, former athletes, all these kinds of stuff, just in conversation. I was not reporting anything. But um, how is the university, how is the program moving forward? How How is the – I know recruiting is a big issue because there are a lot of players left after the season between graduation and transfers and different things. Uh, you know, the website had seven players on the roster. So how is that process moving forward to get ready for this coming year? Um. Again, I think it's a fair question, and a lot of what you said, um, you know, I'd be lying if I said that July, it was a tough month. Um, It was not a process that we wanted to go through. It wasn't a set of circumstances that we wanted to find ourselves in. Um, But I I had faith in in the process, and again, I would have lived with the result. And and as Coach Worthington said across from me, and our interactions were limited limited while that process was ongoing, I articulated that and she knew that. And, and I think she was competent to kind of go through the process, um, believing in herself uh, and, and, you know, that, that, you know, the results of the review um, would reveal what she felt was, you know, going on with her program. And that's that, again, there were communication issues, but um, I digress on that. I think for, for us uh, moving forward, um, you know, really kind of twofold. You you want to build that staff. Um, and, and as soon as the results of, of that review were completed uh, and released, um, coach went to work, you know, trying to, to build that staff. And like I said just a few moments ago, uh, we'll be announcing here pretty soon um, as they kind of go through the background checks and kind of some of the processes that we have to go through through from a human resources standpoint. Um, that I think we have a, a staff to move forward with, a staff that gives us a chance to be successful, um, that complements one another, uh, that is is evolving, um, and is certainly responsive to the things that have been you know raised uh, as part of this review. Um, you know, from a student athlete standpoint, from a roster standpoint, um, I think there's probably a piece to still add. Um, you know, that could be added within the next week. Uh, that could be added, you know, mid year. Um, but you know, our roster, uh, I think it's certainly a lot of people saw it that, uh, we only had seven returners. Um, we've updated it since, uh, as is customary to kind of get a little bit closer to school before you update your roster with, with those incoming student athletes. So you could probably look at the rosters around a lot of schools around us 
and they're still working with last year's roster. So a lot of that was was clearing off those student athletes who had departed the program. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Um, but we feel like we're in a place now where we have a roster uh, that is going to be uh, supported by or assisted by uh, a group of coaches um, that allows us to turn the corner and to try to get back to, to our winning ways uh, and certainly winning the right way, where, which, which is based on great culture, uh, respect, mutual respect, uh, you know, effective communication, all those sorts of things. Yeah, and I don't know Coach Worthington. We had her on the show one time. Nothing but good things to say about her. Anybody I've met, even people who were pretty vocal against her in this situation said, you know, my personal uh, you know, communications with her have always been good. So, so it's, I don't know. It's, I know it was a very, it was a rough time and I know you're hoping you never have to go through anything like that again. Let's move on to some more. to what's going on this year now in the future, what's happening even in the now football program. My goodness, you're talking about expectations. Uh, all these all Americans, all these all a son guys, uh, the returning guys, the new guys, there's so much happening in this football program right now. And all of that to look at the schedule and go, my goodness, it's a gauntlet. Um, so the football season is almost here. Uh, what excites you about what's ahead with the football this year? I think the consistency, um, you know, to have the same staff uh, going into their third year together. Uh, you know, my, my, my firm belief is that, you know, consistency and, and message, um, you know, communication, all those sorts of things, I think it breeds success. Uh, the I've been around programs that it was constant turnover and, and those things don't work. But when you have that consistency uh, and coach Wells has done a great job, our, our administration on campus has done a great job giving us the resources to retain our really good coaches. Um, you know, I kind of start there. Um, but, you know, when you talk about consistency, I think we have recruited at a high level, uh, you know, I guess since December of 2019 uh, when coach Wells was hired, uh, you know, when I, you know, look at this team, uh, whether it's in the weight room, uh, whether it's on the practice field. Uh, I see a team that's starting to look like an EKU football team, uh, a championship contending football team, um, you know, great size. Um, you know, so a lot of the tangibles, you know, the speed uh, and a lot of the intangibles, you know, that leadership starting to form. Uh, you talk about a Parker McKinney, you talk about a Matt Jackson, two student athletes who represented the city Sun football media days uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, just all critical uh, components of that. Um, but to your point, uh, you got to play the games. Uh, we have a tough 11 game schedule. Um, we'll play four games this year with, uh, either current FBS programs or, or two programs that are, are transitioning to the FBS. And one of them, you know, comes right here with Sam Houston, uh, coming in in October, uh, I believe to play us here. And so I think our team is up for the challenge. Uh, I think we have all the right pieces, um, you know, from coaches to student athletes to, to really everybody that supports it. Um, as well as our fans, uh, you know, I can't say enough about uh, the support that we've seen, you know, through COVID and that 2020 fall season that we played uh, to last year, the growth and improvement. Uh, you know, we're hoping that our teams, our fans will get behind this team and uh, make a great environment because I promise you when you do, uh, they notice and it's a whole lot easier, more fun to play. Yes, yes, it is. Um, we talked to Jeremy Hawkins this week on the show and when we closed out the interview, I told him, I said, hey, man, I know you're not going to be here that much longer. You're on the rise, all that kind of stuff. And he said, hey, me and my wife are both incredibly happy here um, in Richmond. But with the exception, I think, of one 
position coach. He's been here two years. Everybody else has been here all three years with Coach Wells. Surely that's not going to – I mean, it's hard to keep it like that, especially when you got coaches on the rise that are getting noticed and stuff like that. I know you can't tell us a lot about the resources, but I've talked with coaches off the air who have said, hey, Matt Roan, uh, president, uh, Walt Wells, they're, they've done their part to keep us intact, to keep the staff intact. So um, I'm sure there's a plan in place for when those guys go off and be a head coach themselves. Um, but how does the university, not asking specifically, generally, how does the university keep a staff like this intact? Um, anyway, I, you know, I think the, those resources are a part of it. Um, you know, coaches want to feel appreciated. Uh, they want to be comfortable. Uh, you know, our coaches here, not just football, but I think across the board, uh, they pour so much of themselves uh, into it. Um, you know, their time, um, you know, the, a lot of long hours, uh, long, a lot of nights and, and hotels away from home. And so I, I think you always want to be appreciated. And we want to make sure that we're showing that appreciation to them uh, financially. Um, but I think a lot of it goes to, again, the, the vision that we've set, um, you know, that we want to get EKU football back to, to winning championships and advancing in the postseason and competing at the highest level that we, that we possibly can. Um, and I think that our coaches, uh, assistant coaches have, have bought into that. I think Coach Wells, uh, has, has found a group of men who, um, and women, you know, with, with our support staff. Uh, who believe in that vision, uh, who are committed to, to building. Uh, I think we have a group of builders and teachers. Um, and I think just that collective buy-in, that culture, uh, understanding that everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction. Uh, if you find the right mix of people that they'll buy into that and, and have success. Now, I mainly cover football and men's and women's basketball and some baseball, but there's other sports going on right now <laughs> as well. Volleyball, soccer's up and running as well. I might be missing something. I apologize to those programs for not covering them as much. I just don't pay as much attention to those sports, so I apologize. But uh, you've got other stuff going on in the program, too, and I know the volleyball program is rising. Uh, beach volleyball is still relatively new, um, but continuing to try to work to improve as well. And then the soccer, they've had some success there as well. Um, so with those other sports going on here, and I guess we can call it fall, even though it's still summer pretty much, but uh, those other sports kicking off and getting rolling here really, really soon, right? Yeah, soccer reported last week. Uh, they're in the pros of their training camp. Uh, volleyball reported, uh, I believe it was either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, days are kind of just a blur to me right now. Um, but I think reported on Monday, first practice was Tuesday because today is just Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about soccer uh, advanced to this conference tournament semifinals last year, uh, beat Liberty to get there. Uh, so I think we have uh, a lot of new faces. Um, but certainly, I think high expectations, uh, just wanting to continue the upward trajectory uh, of that program. Uh, volleyball uh, was able to, to make the postseason uh, for the first time in several years. Um, you know, got hot at the right time of the year uh, when several of their last uh, few remaining uh, matches at this last season uh, to kind of come into this offseason, I think, with some momentum, some optimism, um, you know, hosting two uh pre-conference tournaments right here inside of Alumni Coliseum. Um, you know, welcome a Middle Tennessee State team here that, you know, a lot of our fans care about and, and are passionate about when we compete against them. Uh, so bringing their, them here to, to have a tough schedule. Um, so, again, it's just all about continuing the upward trajectory of that program. We always want to be better this year than we were the last. Um, you know, our cross-country teams, uh, that tradition of success uh, that we've had there, uh, you know, just continuing to, to try to, to retool, uh, to rebuild, uh, reload rather, 
um, with, with a lot of the success that they've had and can decline. Um, but a lot of really good things going on. Obviously, we're in the throes of uh, the Alumni Coliseum project, uh, you know, yes. working with uh, our architectural engineering teams um, to, to get contracts finalized and start that formal design process. Um, so in a lot of ways, this will be the, the farewell season uh, for our volleyball team to Alumni Coliseum, at least for one year. Uh, so so that's a lot to celebrate. Um, just just a lot of really good things going on. You know, I can't say enough, kind of going back to your question just a moment ago, um, from our board chair to our president, to, to the staff that I get to work with, to our group of head coaches, we just have a great alignment right now. Uh, and that's where the excitement comes from, whether it's building buildings or, uh, you know, competing for championships, uh, certainly graduating our student athletes at high, high levels and, and having them have academic success. Um, we've got great people and, and just excited to be a part of it. Have you guys announced where the teams are going to play in that year where you're working on alumni? We, we have not announced that publicly. I will tell you uh, probably one of the worst kept secrets uh, is that we have explored, you know, several options. Uh, you know, do we take kind of the show on the road for a year? Uh, but, you know, that's certainly fraught with challenges financially, uh, logistically. Um, and so where we are focused on right now, and this is probably the, the worst kept secret, is, is trying to create a home environment inside of the Rick Erdman Olympic Sports Training Center uh, that would be somewhere between, you know, probably 1,200 seats, 1,500 seats, um, where we can accommodate season ticket holders. We could accommodate a, a limited number of, of single-game purchasers. We can certainly accommodate our students, but really creating kind of a memorable, special environment, knowing that anytime you're displaced from your home arena, it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, but how can we do something that's pretty special and memorable, not just for our student-athletes and our coaches, but but our fans, everybody that supports us, uh, and so we hope to be able to announce kind of those final details here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm a fan of the intimate uh, courts uh, where everything's close and uh, almost the high school feel uh, of being close to the court and everybody right there. I think it's fun. I like the environment personally. And uh, so I, I'm good with that. But uh, but that's that's my vote. But anyways, um, and I'm sure you'll have great seats for the media as well as we're there to cover those games. Uh, <laughs> you're also doing other stuff, uh, improvements. Last year, uh, we just communicated through Twitter of the new uh, scoreboard of the baseball field. Um, and I'm sure there's other improvements going on around around the athletic department. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're, we're no different than any other uh, person in the fact that we're at the mercy of supply chain uh, as well. <laughs> and, and we've had some issues there. Uh, but looking forward to this fall, uh, being able to install uh, new uh, video boards at our baseball and our, both our softball facility uh, as well. And so excited about that. Um, have, have really kind of been in that, that building phase. Uh, and so we know, uh, you know, the next things for us to tackle, um, you know, once we get this alumni Coliseum project uh, off the ground and, and, and break ground rather, um, and, you know, hopefully looking at about an 18 month construction process there, you know, our attention turns to uh, soccer, our attention turns to our, our, uh, golf practice facility. Um, our attention turns to, you know, continuing to make improvements to baseball and softball, uh, you know, in addition to what we've already done. But I think the big one is, you know, what do we, what can we do to, to preserve Roy Kidd Stadium uh, and the Begley building there and, and make it something that our, our fans are, are proud of, uh, that we can recruit to, um, and that helps us, you know, again, become that premier athletics department at our level. Uh, facilities are a big piece of that. So, yeah, I'm probably missing out on, on one or two there, but for us, 
it's it's kind of this constant pursuit of, of making improvements, uh, investing in our programs um, from a personnel standpoint, from an operating standpoint, from a facility standpoint. Um, and just feel like we have the support, feel like we have a lot of momentum uh, to be able to accomplish some great things here. Um, basketball, they play both the men and the women went to the Bahamas here recently. Both of them had successful trips down there. Uh, you got to be there with the women's team as well. Coach Todd, he, anytime you talk to Coach Todd, he just loves being here. And I think all the coaches do. Uh, but I mean, Coach Todd is so happy to be here. I talked with, um, Abby, Coach Abby as well. And she even mentioned it. I mean, it's just, they, the staff is, is very happy where they are. The team is building. Um, they came in kind of late notice last year, so that the building the team is still in that process. Um, and even what I watched down in the Bahamas, there, some size size could be a factor for this team this year, unless they add some more pieces, which they they very well may. But that being said, how was that Bahamas trip uh, successful for the for the university specifically for the basketball programs? Uh, I think it was great. I, you know, I think in those cases, um, you know, being able to to, to take student athletes on a foreign tour once every four years, um, you know, that creates those memorable experiences. Uh, and again, when I talk about, um, you know, that, that academic, uh, that athletic and that personal development, uh, being able to expose them to places that otherwise they may never, never had the opportunity to go, uh, to visit. Um, so you see, you know, when the plane lands and, and all the cameras are, are looking out the window, taking pictures of uh, crystal clear blue water, um, you know, you see, um, you know, the selfies in the hotel around the pool. I mean, all those good things that you see, uh, it's bigger than basketball in, in that way. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, somebody just the other day and he said, you know, I sure feel like we've got two outstanding coaches of our basketball programs. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think we have two guys who uh, love this institution, uh, love the, the service region uh, that we represent, love, you know, being from, um, Berea and, and Georgetown, Kentucky, and, and taking a lot of pride uh, in this place and trying to build championship programs uh, right here. Um, you know, for our men's team, um, you know, to have the opportunity to go down there uh, with a team with a lot, again, a lot of new faces, um, you know, but to be able to kind of build that rapport, start to build that trust, uh, you know, having those 10 practices in advance of going to the Bahamas, I don't think that you can emphasize enough just how important that will be come November, come December, come January, as you get into the heart of the season. Uh, and then to go down there and to go 2-0, uh, to beat a team that that beat South Alabama, a team that, you know, by a lot of experts, um, you know, has a very good chance to win the Sunbelt Conference this year. So it's not like we went down there and played uh, a team of me and yous. Uh, you know, these were, were teams uh, that were, were talented. Uh, and, and to go down there and have the type of success that we did uh, was very, very encouraging. I think on the women's side, um, you know, very similarly, uh, a lot of new faces, um, you know, lost a lot of contr- uh, contributors uh, in, in some senior leadership off the last team, uh, last year's team with uh, Ajayla Johnson, Abria Bass, uh, and to replace them. Uh, didn't have the full kind of squad that was able to go with us uh, as we kind of uh, worked through some, uh, you know, compliance things just in terms of getting student athletes enrolled and, and the portal and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, but again, to be able to go down there and be two and O to play a team that I saw on Friday night and I thought, man, this is going to be a challenge uh, that was athletic, uh, that were big um, and, and had a lot of size, but uh, to see a team fight, um, it was really, really encouraging. Um, you know, coach Todd had told me in the recruitment process, uh, which is hard to believe it's been 
uh, over a year ago now uh, as we were recruiting him uh, to be the head coach here that, uh, you know, that that Bahamas experience uh, is, is tremendous in recruiting and, and, you know, how he has seen that uplift the team uh, and, again, build that excitement. Uh, look forward to four years from now, hopefully being able to go again with our student athletes and our teams down there and make that trip. I know I've, I got to go watch several of the, the men's practices before they went to the Bahamas. And, you know, last year it didn't turn out the way that they were hoping it would. Uh, the season didn't. But you talked about the new faces. Coach Hamilton and his staff did a phenomenal job recruiting this year, both freshmen and uh, the transfers as well. And this team, you want to talk about exciting. I think this team is going to be an absolute blast to watch this season. Yeah, I do too. I, you know, I think coach, um, again, uh, tell you, we make kind of recommendations and, and some are, are, are well received and maybe sometimes some aren't. Um, but I think one of the things that coach Hamilton and I talked about uh, is, you know, for us, that, that identity, uh, that brand, the most exciting 40 minutes, that up tempo, you know, playing the entire length and width of the floor from, you know, opening tip to that final buzzer. Uh, it requires depth. Uh, it requires length. Uh, it requires athleticism. And I think Kim and his staff did an outstanding job this offseason uh, finding, uh, again, student athletes that have those tangibles, uh, but also finding student athletes who um, are excited to be EKU colonels, uh, who are committed to, to working every single day uh, to try to become a better person, a better student, a better basketball player. And I think when you take 15 of those, or in the case of the men, 13 of those guys, and you put them together, uh, you can have a lot of success, and I'm excited to see both teams, uh, both the men and the women, uh, give it up here pretty soon. Yes. Uh, my last question for you is one that you're probably not going to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, the, we're making all the improvements to alumni. There's other things on on the, the board to be fixed and, and whatnot, but uh, two years from now, are we in uh, Conference USA? You broke up on me there. What did you? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think for us, Vince, and, and and I will tell you the same thing that I have shared with the commissioner of the ASON. As we went into that and we made that move, um, it was about enhancing uh, the profile of our institution uh, through athletics. Uh, you know, to be associated with schools in, in a part of the country that we wanted to be in, in the southeast, uh, to recruit students from that area, uh, to engage alumni in that area. And so I think the ASUN uh, in, in every way uh, has, has been a breath of fresh air. And I think that's the reason that you saw Jacksonville State make the move with us and Central Arkansas make the move with us. It's the reason that you've seen Austin P uh, come along with us uh, since that time. Um, you know, I, I was telling someone just the other day, I feel like college athletics has probably undergone a hundred years worth of changes in about the past two years. Yeah. Um, and, and that's from the portal to NIL. Um, and, and then more recently, um, you know, the thing that everybody's talking about, and I'm sure you're probably interested in is, is the transformation committee. Um, so what does college athletics look like a month from now or six months from now? I mean, if, if I knew I, I probably wouldn't be sitting here, um, you know, what does FBS football look like? What does FCS football look like? What does, you know, kind of division one at large football look like? And so for us, I, I think, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, we are committed to competing at the highest level that we possibly can. Um, and whatever level that we choose to compete or have the opportunity to compete, uh, we want to be successful because that allows us um, to in, 
enhance the brand of our, our, our institution. It allows us to shine a better spotlight on the work that our faculty, staff, and our students do every single day. And so that is probably the most non-answer answer uh, <laughs> that you've ever received. Uh, but I, I think it's fair in the fact that every single day, just as I talked about uh, at the very beginning, we are about improving ourselves. I'm trying to be better every single day. Our, our coaches, our staff are trying to be better every single day. We push our student athletes to be better every single day. And that may lead to opportunities. Uh, and we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I talked with Ted Gumbert, uh, the commissioner, way back, as soon as they announced that EKU was joining the ASUN. But then I talked with Jacksonville State folks when they were here at the end of the last football season. And I said, hey, how did Commissioner take that? <laughs> you guys announcing you were leaving only being in a year. And he said, actually, he's very supportive. I think Ted Gumbert knows what the A-Sun is. And I think he's happy to help facilitate universities, help them grow, help them get better, and help prepare them for that next step. And he seems to be a very flexible commissioner. Um, a little odd sometimes, but but a very flexible commissioner. Yeah. And uh, it seems like he supports you guys with, with whatever's best for the university. I, I joke with him a lot. I think my nickname for him is he's kind of like this mad scientist, right? Uh, <laughs> quirky, uh, very intelligent, uh, very innovative, very visionary. Um, you know, and in the same way that I'm sitting here and I'm talking about, you know, opportunities that might exist as long as we take care of ourselves. I, I got to say that might be right where we are. Um, you know, I, I don't think that uh, the commissioner is, is challenged to, uh, or is is scared of challenging the status quo. And I think that you saw with the ASUNWAC uh, challenge last year and then making that, uh, you know, a little bit more of a, a a formal thing here in year two. Um, you know, when I talk about the transformation committee, um, you know, do, do the rules change? Does access to FBS, do access to bowl games, does that look a little bit different? That very well could be right where we are. Uh, and I think for us, it's, it's, it's taking care of yourself, um, and knowing that the opportunities will present themselves uh, so long as you take care of yourself. I like it. Uh, we close all of our interviews this year. We have a new new sponsor, Mad Mushrooms, with us this year. So we close our interviews with asking our guests, if you're ordering a pizza, what's your go-to topping or toppings? Well, I've got four kids at home, so I always have to order one with just cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's for me, I, you know, I am I am a supreme guy. I, I used to be pepperoni, but I think the palate has expanded a little bit uh, to where I've got to have some vegetables and some meat there. Yeah, I like it. I know we. my wife gets the gluten-free crust for herself, and then me and the boys, we get uh, some meat on ours, and we get the cheese sticks on the side, and, and everybody's happy at the end of the day. Uh, with it. Uh, Matt, I really do appreciate you coming on, taking the time to chat with us. I know you've been incredibly busy and now with students showing up and everything starting up, I know you got a lot going on, but I do appreciate you coming on and we're looking forward to the season ahead. It's it's going to be exciting starting with, uh, well, I say starting with it. Sorry. Sorry, soccer. Uh, starting with football and getting things rolling and, and uh, again, the high expectations, but at the same time, I love the way this team looks. I, I think Coach Wells is doing a phenomenal job and his staff and the players. I mean, good night. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. So uh, excited for people to get out to uh, Roy Kidd Stadium this year. Six home games and uh, and whatnot from there, too. So anything else you want to add before we go? No, just appreciate it. Appreciate everything that you do and uh, kind of promoting and, and supporting our teams. Um, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to come on the night and I know that schedules are, can be a challenge from time to time, so it's always good to catch up with you when we have the opportunity. Um, but to your point, again, I I hope folks will come out. Um, you know, we need you, whether it's at soccer, whether it's at volleyball, uh, whether it's at Roy Kidd Stadium underneath the flashing maroon lights uh, that we were excited to introduce last year and, and looking forward to making those even better this year. 
um, you know, with the improvements that we're making to the game day experience, uh, with things that we're trying to always do, not just from a facility standpoint, but but how we operate a game. Uh, it means a lot to us when you come. Uh, you know, we we represent, take great pride in representing this institution, this community, this county, uh, this region, this state, uh, and even beyond. So uh, it matters uh, a lot to us. Um, and, you know, as Coach Wells always says, it's a matter of pride and, and go Big E. Wonderful. He is Matt Roan, Athletic Director at EK University, EK University, Eastern Kentucky University. Thanks again, Matt. Thank you. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 